Welcome to another episode of the Paradigm 132 Podcast. I'm your humble and gracious host, Rashad Horn, author, entrepreneur, truck driver, forward thinker. On today's episode, I want to talk about a subject that kind of piqued my interest as I was listening to last week's Democratic debate. And that particular subject is essentially what are they going to do about assault rifles? Okay, so as I as I listened to the the candidates that they asked about it, um, one of the things that they seemed to disagree upon was the route that they felt was best for actually removing assault rifles because they were all in agreement that assault rifles need to be essentially banned, right? And so it was a a time ago that I, you know, I felt that same way because I was always, my mindset was like, okay, what do you, what exactly do you need an assault rifle for, right? You're not using it for hunting. Um, a few people may actually, you know, do some competitive shooting and things of that particular nature. So you need it. And then obviously, of course, you have some people who may have YouTube channels and stuff like that. And, you know, they may post gun reviews or, you know, post gun, you know, videos and stuff like that. And, you know, I've looked at a few in my time and those, you know, get a lot of views. And so a lot of times, obviously, when you have a YouTube channel that's based around that. If you have a lot of views and things like that and a lot of subscribers, then you can essentially make, you know, you can make money from that. You know, you can get paid that that can be a, a form of income you know, a stream of income, one of your streams of income, or that could be your that could be your main income. So just looking at the you know, just looking at a bigger picture economically for some people, that is their that is that is some of that is their livelihood and in, in some instances that is a form of income for them, right? But getting back to the the point, like I said, that's that's how I felt. But I never try to be an individual that says, okay, I want my first particular instinct about something to be my lasting instinct. I want that to be my sole purpose or my sole ideology. I want to actually sit back and I want to look into this. And so one of the things that I found that really stood out to me was the aspect that, that there's a section of individuals that believe that assault rifles essentially are the last line of defense that we as regular citizens would have against the government in the event that something tragic happened in which they had to enact martial law, right? And so obviously, when you first hear that, you may think about that as being, okay, this sounds like a conspiracy theory, right? Conspiracy theory. What possibly could occur for them to enact martial law. And so the first thing that actually comes to my mind would be the artificial intelligence rise. Well, it's already here, but it's implementation and them not necessarily having a plan for individuals who may end up being displaced by this. And so if we can look at you know, certain examples of individuals that lose the ability to not only take care of themselves, but take care of their family. 
that may lead to them doing illicit particular things just to, you know, try to provide. And obviously some of those illicit things are tied to violence and things of that particular nature. So if you have a large group of those particular people at bay at first, and then they start getting a little antsy and hostile, then eventually, okay, now you have a situation where, hey, you may need to bring the National Guard in, right? Um, Some of the things like uh, some of the riots that we had, you know, they bring in the National Guard. Okay, so it would kind of be essentially the same the same thing, except for on a grander stage. Right. So that's one of the things. And so when I heard that, I said, "Okay, okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Obviously, again, like I, you know, like I said, it sounds, you know, it sounds like a conspiracy theory. And obviously you're sitting back, you're thinking to yourself saying, "Okay, what is the percentage of something like that happening? And that is that's the bet that you're going to take that. One day the government is going to come and enact martial law and I'm going to have to defend myself because I'm not going to live in a society in which um, we live in a dictatorship or a any other type of situation. Right. But again, sometimes that's the risk and the gamble that some people want to take. So, again, I'm not here to um, say anything ill towards individuals that think that way, because obviously, of course, everyone is not geared to think the same way, which is make which is what makes each and every one of us unique. And I have enough um wherewithal to look at someone else's opinion and say, okay, well that's an interesting opinion. Okay, I can understand where you're coming from, right? It wasn't I didn't find any that was like, okay, you know, okay, like chill out. Like that's crazy. But getting back to again, getting back to the debate so the thing that they butted heads about was whether or not they felt it should be mandatory or it should be voluntary. So immediately when I heard mandatory, the first thing that popped in my head is like, okay, okay, you're going to mandatorily tell people, give up your weapons. I mean, give us all your assault rifles. Like, we're going to come and we're going to take them. Blood in the streets. You know, blood industries. I follow a few social media pages and some of these individuals, some of the training and some of these people are probably ex-military, you know, with some of the training that they do with these guns. And I'm like, if I was in a particular uh, group or something like that and they told me, hey, Rashad, uh, we're going over here to get his guns. And I'm like, wait a minute, I seen this guy on IG. I don't think we need to go over there, (laughs) you know. But so that's the first thing that I think about. Right. Um, They have other systems in place, like one of the systems that I heard that they enact or they put in place in like some of the larger cities like Chicago. And I believe I think I heard Detroit one time, too. I can't remember where it was. I heard it at. But I remember that they have voluntary buyback programs in which you can, you know, bring your guns. But it wasn't just for assault rifles. It was just guns in general because they're, you know, trying to help stop some of the gun violence. And, you know, it's a whole different backstory to that. So <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. But, yeah, voluntary. So you can bring your gun and they turn around and they give you money for it. Right? Voluntary. So me personally, I'm kind of in the thought process of, mm, I I don't necessarily know. 
right? Because I, I look at it from this particular standpoint, because back in 1994, right? Back in 1994, uh, a law was passed, a bill was passed, and was signed into law by Bill Clinton. And they banned assault rifles, the manufacturing and, and, and selling of assault rifles in 1994. And that bill went out during the Bush administration. And so unsuccessfully, uh, they argued to try to get the bill back enacted. And so one of the things that I noticed by Joe Biden was saying that he said that during that particular time, um, mass shootings had gone down, right? But I did a little bit more research, and the research I came up with essentially stated that there was nothing that supported um, a decrease in gun violence with the banning of assault rifles. But they did say mass shootings did, you know, go down a little bit. But Obviously, that's I mean, obviously, that's the that's the gist of it. You know, the mass shootings, whether we're talking about the tragic situation that occurred in Vegas, um, the movie theater incident, um, the incident at the um, was it a synagogue or was it a a temple? It was one or two in Pittsburgh, uh, the situation in which the guy drove from Dallas out to El Paso and. Uh, kill the people at Walmart, um, Sandy Hook, you know, all these particular incidents, incidents, you know, in which the weapon of choice was an assault rifle, an AR-15. And, and before I continue, and I have, a, <clears throat> I have some funny to say, because I mean, the, the events are not funny, but I, I, had a, uh, I had a friend that I worked with at the time. And he was a gun person, essentially a gun enthusiast. And one of the things that he 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 said, which like I said, I, I I've one of the things that I feel like I've been blessed with is that I've been able I've been blessed to be able to communicate with people from different walks of life. And so I kind of have a little information about a lot of things. I don't have a lot of information about a lot of things, but I have a little information about a lot of things. So that's one of the blessings that I'm that I'm glad that I had. And so one of the things that he told me about the AR-15. And again, like I said, when he initially told it to me, I didn't know because I wasn't a gun person. But after you know, listening to some of the reports about these mass shootings, I was like, dang, he was he was spot on. And so the thing that he told me, he said he would never buy an AR-15. And his main reason was that if you shoot it too long, it's going to eventually jam. It's going to eventually jam. And so, again, like I said at the time, I didn't understand what he was talking about because I'm not a gun person. But when the situation happened at the movie theater in which they said the guy came in with AR-15, that was one of the things that they said, that the gun ended up jamming. And a few other shootings that have occurred, that is something that has been stated, that that's how they were able to kind of get the shooter is because the AR-15 jammed. And I said, wow, my man was spot on. But obviously that is the weapon of choice. And I don't know if it's because of the 
um, ability to to get it or the price or whatever the situation is, you know, whatever it is. But that's, you know, that's that seems to be the weapon of choice. And that was one of the things that he stated that he would never buy it because in the event you shoot it too long, it's going to end up jamming. Right. And so luckily for some of the victims in these particular heinous crimes, that has been a godsend to them that this seemingly um, dangerous weapon has a a side effect or a serious um, detriment. And the detriment is it'll jam. So, but getting back to the reason they want to, again, disband the weapons and well, ban the weapons is because of the mass shootings. And so some people have proposed um, arming teachers. And my opinion on that, really, I feel like teachers have a lot on their plate and in the near podcast, I'm going to be interviewing some educators and I'm going to get their opinion on it. But as it stands now, my particular opinion about arming teachers is like, okay, one of the biggest issues that teachers have now is they feel pay. They don't feel that they are being supported uh, necessarily financially and, you know, a lot of the teachers are walking away from the profession because it's, it's it's a stressful job, right? And so the last thing that I feel that some of these teachers want is to essentially get a gun. And so one of the a podcasts that I was listening to was just talking about the type of intense training and the type of money that it would cost to actually properly train a teacher to use a gun, it is kind of is is too much, right? You know, they said maybe the most cost efficient thing would maybe just get an off duty police officer to kind of um patrol, right? But it was a, a book that I read about a situation like that where there was a shooting on campus. I think it was the Columbine shooting, I believe, in which they had the security guards on campus. And the security guards essentially did not want to go into the building where the shooter was. So even that is not necessarily a home run or anything like that because in the event that it that you know a shooting pops off you still have to have a teacher that's willingly that's willing to say hey I'm going to put my life on the line and try to um stop the shooter or anything like that but but still like I said they already have a lot on their plate right they already have a lot on their plate you know they pay um all types of things, and the last thing I feel like they that they would want to do is to sit up here and say, "I need to go to a gun class, right? I want to go to a gun class and get certified for a gun." And it's like, okay, now this gets into um, your, you know, your your lesson plan. And now, I, like I said, I remember when I was in school, the only drills we would do were tornado drills and fire drills. 
And I was listening to something where they stated that schools are doing more shooter drills than fire drills nowadays. And so it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, very interesting time. But so they, so at this particular point, as I was doing some of my research, I, I found that Senator Dianne Feinstein um, introduced a bill well, introduced an idea for a bill uh, in January of this year, January 9th, and the bill was the assault weapon ban of 2019. So uh, as it currently stands, the bill hasn't made it to an actual table yet uh, to actually move forward to, for the president to actually uh, sign it yet. It hasn't gone through the the house yet or anything of that particular nature. And it has two other supporting bills, which are the Keep America Keep America Safe Act and the Freedom from Assault Weapons Act. Right. So all of those particular bills correspond, <clears throat> excuse me, with one another. And my thing about it is, is that I don't because one of the things that people that are pro gun people they'll say is that the gun and and I and I, when I purchased my when I purchased my handgun that's what the guy told me at the gun shop he essentially said look you know a gun cannot hurt you like he said you can if if you leave a gun on a table or something like that a gun can hurt you a gun can only hurt you if one, you don't know what you're doing, or essentially two, someone has ill intentions with the gun. And so obviously on the onset, that makes a lot of sense, right? It makes a lot of sense, but it doesn't make sense, right? Because it's like like someone, like another person said, it was like, if you ban guns, people that's not going to stop people from killing people. You know, people may use other weapons and things of that particular nature. They may move to knives. They may move to bats and and all those particular things like that. But when you put it into, excuse me, the grand scheme of things, it's like, okay, an event like Vegas or an event like Sandy Hook, an event like that doesn't occur with a knife or something like that. And the thing about it is, is an assault rifle makes it a lot easier to actually um, be successful. And I don't know if that's the right adjective to use when we're talking about something heinous like this, but we'll just use it now. That is the only thing that you could essentially use and have a high success rate, right? Like all of us have watched action movies before. You know, we may have watched the last, um, it was some movie about a ninja I remember watching, in which, you know, they have the, the what is the gizu blades and stuff like that, or, you know, just the swords, right? And you have to stop and think, like, how, how much training and effort has to go into that um, to for that person to be that good. And it's kind of the same thing like a person that's in the the army, or, you know, any branch of the military. Everyone can't be a sniper. It takes a lot of training. It takes a lot of focus. It takes a lot of 
diligence to be a sniper. You, everyone can't be a sniper, right? Every, everyone can't be a sniper. But anybody can go out there and, and, and do like Rambo and hold the gun and shoot a thousand, you know, rounds and stuff like that. Anybody can do that. But everybody can't do that one shot, one kill. And that's essentially the same thing as we're talking about if someone wanted to do one of those heinous crimes with uh, a sword or something like that, or a knife or or a bat or something like that. Like, you're not going to be able to wound or kill the same amount of many people because people will be able to essentially get on top of you versus you walking in and just unleashing on everybody. But... um. Personally, I feel that people should, like they say, they want to do background searches. They want to do more thorough background searches. And I told my wife this, and I said, um, obviously, that's the only way that you, I mean, that's the only thing that you can do is do a background search on people and the hopes that if you find something, that you can uh, potentially stop a person from, you know, losing it. And essentially, that's the only thing that you got. I told my wife, I said, obviously, of course, I feel that every single person living has a 1% chance of, like, losing it, right? Um, Because people react to situations and scenarios differently. Um, Like, when you watch the news and stuff like that, like, some of these people that have, you know, lost their job and they go home and, you know, they may kill the family or they come back to work and they, you know, they kill someone. And, you know, that's their reaction. Whereas somebody else may get fired from the job and say, oh, well, I'm, I just go to the unemployment office tomorrow. You know, it's, it's just a job. It wasn't for me. You know what I'm saying? And you may have a group of individuals that, you know, Something tragic may happen. Like, if you ever watch Boys in the Hood, right? Watch Boys in the Hood. And Ricky got shot. And what, what did his brother do? When he got his gun and he found out, you know, he found out who did it and he hunted them down. All three of them. Killed them in cold blood. So... People react differently. I mean, people may snap. I mean, it could be something as as simple as, like I said, I'm a truck driver, and I've read stories of individuals feeling that other truck drivers were sitting in the fuel lane too long, and they got the popping. <laughs> you know, it's. I mean, it's not funny, but I'm just saying those are those those are some of the particular things that occur. I mean, you just never know. You know, what can trigger someone that just causes them to just, you know, go and just, hey, everybody, right? But on the onset, we know what a gun was created for, okay? We know what it's created for. Uh, We know what the purpose, you know, we know what the purpose of it is, Okay. And I've I've told my wife this. I've always been a proponent that more of something is never good. I told her to name me something that you could 
have more of and it and it's good you know too much of too much of a too much of anything can be bad for you it can be detrimental and so i feel too many guns can be detrimental but at the same time i don't necessarily feel that you should um you know get drastic like this and just say hey we got to we got to stop it right because at the end of the day i feel like it's kind of like one of those particular things you have like like people try to justify and say okay well you can't have it, it it's it's a few people that you know commit these particular crimes and everyone gets punished or like i remember back in you know back when we were in school um there may be 20 of us in class and we all doing good and the teachers say, hey, if all y'all be quiet and do your homework and everything like that, uh, you know, and get to go to the cafeteria, get some ice cream or something. And then you got that one person that gets loud and they say, oh, well, such and such was bad, so you don't get to go. So, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those type of things where you have a few people, you know, a few, as they say, bad apples that, that spoils the bunch. And it it permeates and it affects everyone, right? And I don't I don't really feel like it should be that. Obviously, of course, <clears throat> excuse me, we have to address the mass shootings. Obviously, you have to address that. But I just <laughs> I don't know if if saying that we're banning assault rifles or anything um, would do it because you have instances in which people are building homemade bombs and stuff like that. And people have the access to these chemicals to, to do this. I remember I was watching the, the, the Joe, well, listening to the Joe Bunn podcast. And I remember he was talking about, um, it was a guy that he knew, or maybe it was Lord Jamar. It was one of the two. I hate when I don't know the actual sources, but anyway, it was one of the two. And they talked about how they had a guy that was in class with them that nobody messed with because they knew he could make bombs, <laughs> right? They knew he could make bombs. And so, I mean... You can take the guns away. I mean, you know, you can take the assault rifles away. But, I mean, like I said, you still have that particular threat that a bomb. Because this is this is the, the funny thing about it. It's like we talk about the mass shootings and, like, the situations at school and things of that particular nature. But, I mean, even when I was in school, um, you would have instances in which we would evacuate um, the school and they say, hey, someone called in a bomb threat. And so the bomb team will come out and do all of that, that stuff. You know, they would do that. And obviously, of course, I can't really think of too many instances in which bombs have actually been detonated and schools have been blown up. But still, you know, that's, that's still a potential threat, right? There's still a potential threat for that to occur. So I just look at it like that. I mean, you just can't I mean, you can you can pick the one that's that's prevalent, the one that um strikes or or echoes, you know, the loudest and things of that particular nature. But 
I don't necessarily think that it's going to really change much, right? Because again, you're just saying, okay, we're just taking away one type of gun. We're taking away assault rifles. Okay, but we still got shotguns. We still got handguns. We, you know, you still got those particular things and stuff like that. And obviously, of course, like I said, you can, you can, you can do more damage with a assault rifle and stuff like that than you can with a handgun and stuff like that. Especially when you have a modified and you you're able to load more rounds or bullets into a magazine. Right. So obviously it gives you a higher it gives you more of a chance to to um, shoot more. But still. But um, anyway, I I mean, I um, the particular bill, um, you can just Google it. Right. Um, they like I stated, they introduced they they passed a bill back in night. I mean, yeah. In 1994, Bill Clinton signed it into law and it expired in 2004 and they were unsuccessful in getting the bill reenacted so now roughly 15 years later they're trying to do and pass what they passed uh in 1994 okay so but like i said the the information is there uh it was one of the many topics that were discussed at the Democratic debate that um, I hope to um, release podcast about because I feel that it was they were interesting and I also have a, a another podcast um, coming out as well um, essentially just talking about um, do you really know what party you identify with right? And do you actually agree with the ideals and principles? Because I feel like a lot of times we, um, certain traditions and things that we have that we just stick to them, right? Without actually going into the actual history and having an, a real true understanding of what it is. Because you might not, you might not really affiliate with either party, right? You may be an independent thinker. And if that's the case, then you don't need to compromise your integrity just just to make someone feel good or just to get a sticker and say, hey, I voted. Right. So yeah, we're going to touch on that, too. But um, just think about it. You know, if you have any uh, comments or anything like that, uh, you can leave a comment. Um, you know, you can get in touch with me, um, my social medias. Shot Horn on Facebook, uh, Shot Horn on Instagram. So um, you can message me. You can, you know, DM me or anything like that. And if you have any particular comments um, about this particular show or any other particular episodes, um, and we can dialogue. You know, as they say, we can politic a little bit, right? <laughs> but anyway, this is another episode of Paradigm 132 Podcast. Please subscribe, leave a review. I'm out. Peace.